to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, I have a new revelation that I just received through the Holy Spirit, through his vessel, T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes. I had never seen this this particular part of the scriptures in these light before until I heard this revelation that T.D. Jakes gave the body of Christ. Here we go. Now, we all know, those of us who read the word of God, we know the famous scene where Jesus is baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when he comes out of the water, John the Baptist goes, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And when he's coming up out of the water, the Holy, the Father, God his Father, then the Holy Spirit, they all rest upon Jesus, the Son. And they say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, what's so powerful about this is Jesus had not performed one miracle yet. Jesus had literally no possessions yet. Jesus did not have one follower yet. At that moment, God the Father, his Father, Abba, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Wow. How powerful. And then the Holy Spirit sends him into the wilderness to be tested by Satan. And of course, Satan's MO. He always waits till you the most vulnerable, the most, the weakest, hurting the most. Comes in for the kill, just like he did. Unfortunately, he went after the female Adam, later named Eve, and the weakest link. She had not got the directive directly from God about not eating from the tree of the good of knowledge of good and evil. Right? The directive was given to Adam. So Satan went through the back door, used the person of influence. And then that's how he got Adam to eat the forbidden fruit. And once he ate the forbidden fruit, God's word had gone out and said, if you eat this, you will surely die. So I thought about this. You know, Adam didn't know what death was. He never, all he knew was life. All he knew was paradise. He didn't, I don't think, totally understand what it meant to die. And then when he ate the fruit and he didn't physically die, He said, well, what's up? But what he did know was he spiritually died. That's when every malady, every sin, every iniquity, every curse, every wretched thing on this earth entered into Adam, the two Adams. Adam was smart. He tried to counteract it by calling female Adam Eve, which is giver of life. However, The curse had entered when he bowed his knee and obeyed Satan instead of God. He he lost the spirit of his father. That spirit died and he took on the spirit of Satan. So the first Adam, unfortunately, was was a representative of all of humankind. And when he fell, we all fell. 
So we are all born of Adam. And so everything that was created, every every infant, every baby that was born was basically cursed with the curse instead of the blessing. God had just blessed the Adams, right? This is why Satan did what he did, because he did not have power. And he had to, he has free will, but he was a servant. We are sons and daughters. Satan was a servant and God had unconditionally given the Adams dominion over there. They were little G's, little gods over the earth and they were made in God's image so they could do basically what God did on earth. He didn't have to toil. He just spoke it. The, the communication aspects that we have was originally for creation, not for communication. Right. So so he would speak it. He didn't have to toil. God had just given them the Barak, the blessing of the Lord, maketh them rich, enriches them, waxes them rich, waxes them wealthy. And daddy, God, you have I had no toil, no sorrow, no pain, no sweat, no tears to the Barak. So the Adams had unconditional, unconditional authority, power, and dominion over the earth. And that's what Satan wanted. And unbeknownst to the Adam, they were Eve and the, the female Adam. She was tricked and deceived, whereas male Adam was not tricked and deceived. He willingly, with his free will, ate from the tree of good and evil. And so because he was the first Adam and the representative of all humankind, we all suffered the curse. We all, all suffered the curse. And what first thing happened was sin and sin brought in what? Death. The first thing that Adam said was, I was afraid. Fear came. All of this from being disobedient, disobedient, to God. Right? So the Adams, the Adams. So God had to fix it. And they had a council. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They had a council and they decided how they were going to fix it. And they need and God sent the last Adam. And he had to be a representative of mankind, which he did through his friend Abraham. Abraham, it was through Abraham's seed, which Christ Jesus was of Abraham's seed, right? The seed of the woman and Mary came through Abraham. And then the Holy Spirit, with her permission, because it's free will, she let the Holy Spirit overcome her and plant the word of God in her womb. And Christ Jesus came to planet earth as a human. He had to come to planet earth as a human because the way God has set up planet earth is that you have to have a physical body, preferably human, but they'll take a cat, a dog, whatever, pigs, right? Anything, it has to be physical in order to have dominion on planet earth. So God sent Christ Jesus, his 
beloved son to planet Earth. So let's go back to the revelation. Here we go. Jesus is coming out of the water. God the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit rests upon him. John the Baptist knows that his cousin Jesus is the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is resting upon him, Jesus is driven into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and night without food and water. And guess what happens? Satan comes. And this is the interesting thing. This is what the plight of every human being on planet Earth. Even me, Dr. Davis, has gone through this. What does Satan do? He, 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 he questions Jesus being. Satan questions our being. We are human what? Beings. The first thing Satan did was he dropped beloved. Right. Because he don't want to remind mankind that we are beloved by the father. We are beloved by the father. And when we understand how much we are loved by the father, Satan can't do much with us. So he drops that and he says, if you are the son of God, then turn. He goes after the first level lust of the flesh where the first level, which where the the, um, Eve fell. And Adam fell. So they didn't even make it to ring two and three yet. Right? So lust of the flesh. If you're hungry and you, if you are the son of God, turn this rock stone into bread and and you can eat it. And Jesus says, no. And he does this all from the book of Deuteronomy. The word of God. Right? Jesus, I don't have to prove to you that I'm the son of God. You heard my father. So, This is the key. Our being is based on our knowledge of knowing who our God is. If we know who our God is, Abba Father, you hate then our human being is, we don't have to do anything to prove that we are the son and daughters of God doing so what does Satan do on this planet? All, including myself. A lot of us have our identities tied into our doing. Tied into our doing. Wow. I am somebody because I'm a doctor. I am somebody because I'm a lawyer. I am somebody because I'm an engineer. I am somebody because of this or that. I am somebody because of what I do. I am somebody because I'm a mother or a father. I am. No, your being has nothing to do with what you do. Lust of the flesh. So he, he squashed that. Jesus took that out. So then Satan goes to the second level of temptation, the lust of the eye. And what does he do? He parades before Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, all the riches, all the wealth, all the gold, all the silver. Everything that the Adams gave up stupidly to the fallen angel, Lucifer, who is now called Satan, the devil, which we created, by the way. God created Lucifer, the angel, and we created the devil. So what does he do? He parades all these possessions in front of Jesus. 
And Jesus says, no, I don't have to prove my identity by my possession, but this is the area, especially in the this new generation, Generation Z, Generation X, Generation Millennial, all these different, even, even unfortunately baby boomers. Hey, we are what we possess, what we possess makes us who we are. That's not true. Your, your Mercedes, your BMW, your Lexus, your whatever, your Bentley, your Rolls Royce, none of that, your homes in Hampton, all of that, none of that makes you a human being. Your human beingness is based on your relationship with who? God. Jesus said, no, I don't have to prove that I am the beloved son of God. By the things that I own. And then the last tier, which is where we're hit so hard all the time through social media, is the last one where he takes Jesus up, up on the pinnacle and says, throw yourself. And, and guess what? Satan uses scripture. Guess what? And Satan uses scripture. Says, throw yourself off this pinnacle and the angels will keep have charge of you and keep your foot from hitting a stone. What was this all about? Pride of life. These were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Heronians, all the men and women who had rejected Jesus. Satan wanted Jesus to show off in front of all the, the people that had rejected him by throwing himself off the pinnacle. Of course, Jesus said, no, I don't have to, what, po be popular. That doesn't, I, be, my popularity doesn't define my being. My popularity does not define whether or not I'm the son of God. God already, God the Father, my God, already stated clearly that I'm his beloved son and he is well pleased with me. So what does this have to do with us? How many likes do we have? How many people we are friended? How many people how, have we been defriended? You know that we got young people killing themselves because somebody defriended them? That's not a friendship. That's not a relationship. I tell you what a friendship is. When you're in trouble, everybody turns their back on you except your friend. Call them up. I need $2,000 right now. They send it to you. They give you $2,500. <laughs> and don't even think a moment's notice about it. That's a friend, right? But these young people <laughs> are tied up into this social media and tied up into their following. I got a million followers. I got a billion followers. Therefore, I am somebody. No, that doesn't define you. Your being, what happens when you no longer have the following? And this is what happens to a lot of celebrities. There's, and, and, and sports, uh, people that are uh, celebrities in sports and celebrity in theater or whatever. Your celebrityhood, your identity is wrapped in your celebrity. So what happens when that diminishes? What happens when that goes away? Does that mean you're diminished? Does that mean you don't exist anymore? That you are being absolutely not. So basically, what is Jesus saying? My being is not de defined by my popularity or my possession or what I'm doing. Doing 
possessions and popularity does not define our being. God, the Father who loves us, He is the one that says we are beings, right? Human beings. And once we get that down in our spirit, once we truly understand this, then we can do. But we're not doing to be something or to have a following or to possess anything or to be popular, right? We're doing because we love God and he left us on this earth to be a witness to others, to help others. Oh, this is another big one. A lot of people try to use on Christians per se. Oh, you didn't help that person. You're not a Christian. No, I am a Christian. It is based on my relationship with Christ Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I may not help this individual because the Holy Spirit has not released me to help this individual. Now, I, went, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. When I got my first job at Mobile Oil as a geophysicist, I was like the ATM for my family, for my relatives. I made a buku money back in those days. And guess what? When people were in need, I would give it to them. It's just money. But God dealt with me because I was hindering him in dealing with people and their choices and their decisions as he was trying to get them to get on the right path. Money cannot be your God. Mammon and God do not coexist. And if money is your God, then mammon is your God and you can't serve God and mammon. So basically, I was just, you know, God would talk to me, tell me over and over, stop, you know, wait and ask my permission who you need to help and who you shouldn't help because I may be dealing with that individual. And it was hard. It's hard to tell your relatives and your family and friends no. So what God did was he cut the spigot off of me. Yes, that's right. He cut my money off to get my attention and so I could get it right. So what happened? This is what the Holy Spirit told me. He says, Edith, Gail, because they call me Gail when I go home. He said, I give them you money and I give them money. They take their money and they go to the boat. They take their money and they buy the red bottom shoes. They take their money and they go to the racetrack. They take their money and they go and gamble it away. They take their money, go to the casino. They take their money and blow it. But when they come to you, they don't tell you all of that. They tell you, Edith, Gail, they say, the baby needs milk. We're getting evicted from our um, home. I, you know, they give every sob story that you can think of. That's what they come to you, but they don't come to you and tell you how they blew the money that I gave them. Now it's not for me to judge them, but it is for me to obey the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit knows the details of what's going on in everybody's life. And if he tells me no, then I have to do no. There's a few times I've been working on it where I went ahead and, but I, when I was just about to get him, I said, "Oh, Holy Spirit, I for, I did not ask you. I didn't forget. I just so used to just my running by my emotion. I didn't ask the Holy Spirit first. And the Holy Spirit said, 
Go ahead and give it to him this time. But you need to check with me first. Right. So one of the things that people try to do on Christians, you're not a Christian if you don't give up your money and do this and do that. Right. With your money. But if you notice some of the wealthiest people in the world give all their money away. And that's one one day I'll be in that position. Rockefeller, he gave up almost by the by the end of his death, he gave up almost a hundred percent of his money away. Um Rick Warren, a lot of people don't know this. Rick Warren gives up almost the he wrote the book Purpose Driven Life. He gives up gives ninety five percent, I think, of his money away. Ninety five percent of his money he gives away. Um the Bushes it's another interesting thing. Some of the richest people in the world have um, relationships with mighty men and women of God. For example, there was a mighty man of God in the 1930s and 40s and 50s who um, gave away. He said, God, why should I keep give you 10 percent, which is the tithe, and and um, you and I keep 90 percent. You take the 90 percent and I'll take the 10 percent. And that's how he lived his what his life. He built schools. He I mean, he was phenomenal. And he actually came up with the first offshore oil well, which the Bushes got to buy into. That's some of the history of the Bushes wealth. They 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 were connected with this gentleman. And then you look at the Hiltons. They were a big giver to Billy Graham. The, his, um, the housekeeper of the Hiltons went to Billy Graham's, one of his first tent meetings, and came back and told the Hiltons about him. And guess what? They funded a lot of Billy Graham's um, ministry. And so there's a connection to wealth and giving. Oprah Winfrey is a huge giver. Right. So giving giving is very important. But to order to break off the spirit of mammon, you must tithe and it must be first fruit. That means it must come from God first. Right. It got to go to God first. If you give to something else first, then it's no longer tithe. Tithe has to be the off the top. The first thing that's what I do when I get my paycheck. I have what I call the holy account. And in that holy account, I take 10% and offerings and I put it aside before I pay a single bill, before I do anything with my finances. Daddy God, you have Yahshua, Mashiach, Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior, my heavenly Boaz and Lord God, Ruha Kadash, Lord God, Holy Spirit are first. Right. And that breaks the spirit of mammon off of us off of me so I was able to hopefully one day give I was able to give like up to 20% of my income away but one day I'm going to be like um, Rockefeller and um, Kraft um, the, the founder of Kraft Cheese he gave um, well over 70% I think of his income away and and was a multimillionaire on the on the thirty per, what thirty percent. Um. Oh, by the way, the other gentleman that gave away ninety percent on his ten percent, he was a multimillionaire, right? 
because God can trust you with money. Money is the least of the things in the kingdom of God. The In heaven, the streets are paved with gold, pavement with gold. Money is not an issue. If you can't handle 10%, how can you handle cancer? How can you handle your children being out there on high on drugs and being victimized by Satan out there, the sex trafficking, all these ills of the world. You know, I had one of my friends, you know, he's in the world and he got me to watch this show called New Amsterdam. And it has every social ill of this world in that show. What I like about the movie was the problem solving skills of the medical director, Max. But other than that, it, it, it exposed every social ill that we have on this planet. And if you look closely, and Satan don't even try to disguise it. If you watch the movies or whatever it is, the, the premieres of these, these um, series or whatever, it, the end is always bad. Satan don't even cover it up. He shows you, you make this choice to do sin, you're going to end badly. Every last one of them, you know, and it's it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I just wanted to make sure that I shared this revelation with you today. You are a human being. You are loved by God the Father. He sent his only begotten son, Yahshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus, to die for you. It is a free gift. You have to receive it in order to receive it. Once you receive it, then you're born again, right? You are saved. You are going to heaven, period, right? But you have to receive it. And so once you understand who God is and how much he loves you, no doing is going to make you a being. No possessions that you have is going to make you a being and no popularity is going to make you a being. The human being that makes you a human being is your relationship with daddy God, you hey, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit. And yes, you eventually do do, but your doing is not based on your being. Your being comes before you're doing. I, I was so excited. When I heard this word and I um, I'm excited about what God is about to do with us and for us this 2023. I just also want people to know that the prayer that I'm praying this year is I'm trying to find it so I can read it to you because I this is a powerful prayer and I've sent it to select people in my inner circle and I'm sending, I'm going to say it to you. I send it to my son, Joshua Caleb Davis. And I know that um, it's there with him. So I, I want, of course, I always try to cover my children with the word and I try to share with them the words that God has given me. And he's got a new job and 
So I call this the power prayer. In the name of Jesus, I decree from this moment forward, I see myself the way God sees me. I am highly favored of the Lord. I am crowned with glory and honor. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am reigning as a king in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. In Jesus' name, I declare by faith that I walk in divine favor. I have preferential treatment, supernatural increase, restoration, prominence, petitions granted, laws changed, policies and rules changed, and battles won, which I do not have to fight, all because of the blessings and the favor of God on my life. In Jesus' name, every morning when I arise, I will speak and expect divine favor to go before me and surround me as with a shield with goodwill and pleasure forevermore. Doors are now open for me that men have said are impossible to open. No obstacle can stop me and no hindrance can delay me. In Jesus' name, I am honored by my Father as I receive genuine favor that comes directly from God. I am special to Him. I am the object of His affection. I am the apple of His eyes. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And this prayer was given to me by one of my spiritual mentors, Pastor Dr. Bill Winston in Chicago. So I really would like for you guys, if you can, pray this prayer and watch God move in your lives. In Jesus' mighty name. I just got through reading something, my Godfather. I just I noticed this. Um, an idol is anything you have to check with before you say yes to God. There should be nothing, nothing that you have to check with to say yes to God. Amen. By Jack Taylor. Just wanted to share that with you right quick. So, you know I have to end this broadcast with Romans 10.9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for joining me once again on Into the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. To be